0: Hey, welcome to The Show Show, episode 13. It's Colin Sweets. Uh, I just wanted to jump in before this week's episode uh, gets started, give you a little heads up about some of the spoilers that exist within this episode's discussion. I understand we don't normally do this. We try to be, I mean, semi-conscious of people who haven't seen certain stuff when uh, it's in a particularly time-sensitive phase. For example, a few weeks ago, we talked about stranger things on the podcast. And I mean, it's very conceivable that a lot of people still haven't had the opportunity to catch up on that show. It's still pretty new. So it kind of became exempt from our typical oh-whatever attitude about spoilers. Uh, that's my girlfriend, be- by the way. Uh, my girlfriend Becky, who gives a little spoiler warnings when the theme music plays at the beginning of each episode. And today, we talked about the shows House, House MD, and Sherlock, the BBC show, which is coming back soon. So there there might be some things about those shows you hadn't caught up on, uh, but mostly, I think they're beyond the statute of limitations for public discussion, I think, anyway. What might not be is uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which comes up in conversation. I wanna say about 22, 23 minutes in, we talked about the new Harry Potter book for three or four minutes. uh, And at one point I do outwardly give away some crucial plot points uh, of this story. So (laughs) if you've yet to read The Cursed Child and you wanna avoid the spoilers, just keep an eye out for that 22 minute mark. You're gonna hear it coming. We'll we'll mention Harry Potter before any spoilers are said. And then just jump like three, four minutes ahead and you won't have to hear anything you don't wanna hear. We don't mention anything about Warner Brothers' recent acquisition of the rights, the movie rights to The Cursed Child or their uh, alleged efforts to get Daniel Radcliffe on board, even though he is way too young to be playing that, that part uh, for the case of this story and the fact that it's uh, kind of bad. Neither here nor there. We don't talk about that. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you want to send along your thoughts or or give show show suggestions, you can tweet at show show podcast. And if you follow us on Twitter, you're going to get a heads up on all the shows that we're covering each week. So you can kind of go back and rediscover those pilots along with us each week. I think that is the only matter of business. Uh, If you get a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, it'd be a huge help to us. We're going to keep doing them anyway. Thanks so much for listening so far. Other than that, uh, let's do the show show. Number 13, it's Holmes MD.
1: Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
0: I think because you can't always get what you want appears in the house pilot. Yes. So that's what we're talking about uh, for this week's show show. Interesting theme. Both of the subjects of of today's show are embodiments in some way uh, of the... Hound of Baskervilles himself, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. We we'll start with Doctor Greg House, mm-hmm. House M.D. Yes,
1: you rewatched it today. I did. What did you think upon rewatching it? You know what? I uh, I still kind of liked it, although elements of like pure corniness oh. stood out a little bit more. Good like Lord. just some scenes where people were like narrating exactly why House does what he does, right? And why he's so troubled, and like they were just being so. <laughs> it was so obvious. Well, to a certain extent, it's like,
0: it is just pulpy, serialized, episodic television. And and like, that's one thing I noticed about the pilot is like, other than like some, some odd exposition in the dialogue, this is mostly just feels like an episode of a TV show. It doesn't even really feel like a pilot. No. Did you find that? Yeah. They kind of just threw us in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is good because that
0: is the thing about that show. It It wasn't
1: like it's the first day with your new team house. No, and and it
0: wasn't going to be like an ongoing uh, drama. Like so much of TV shows nowadays are this ongoing story. Mm -hmm. And that makes for great TV shows. But also the episodic drama series seems to have gone away a little bit.
1: I know what you mean. Can you think of an example right now? Well, I mean all of the like cable shows and stuff that. But
0: not, not based on what I understand of, like, the term episodic, like, Better Call Saul is an ongoing story that's building upon itself. Right. Whereas, I mean, there was a little bit of that in in House. There was a through line. But for the most part, it was a new case every episode, and you could jump in whenever you want. And... Like Game of Thrones, you can't just jump in whenever you want. No,
1: okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, n- no, those don't really exist that much anymore. I think they're kind of uh I think those shows kind of jump the shark a little bit. Even in sitcoms, less so, although
0: I mean, you can you can jump in whenever you want. It's more more often the case, but there right. seems to be a more uh like a thicker through line, and partly probably because people are able to binge watch shows and everything's fresh in their memory.
1: Well, and and sitcoms alone have become a lot more like single camera, right? Yes. Like there's a new Kevin James show, and like Kevin James was kind of the king of sitcoms for a little bit, and it seems like this show from the previews that I've seen is looks the, like it's going to be single camera.
0: Is the new Kevin James show called King of Sitcoms?
1: Ah, uh, it's that would be. An it's honestly twist. something like that. <laughs> 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 no, it's like James rules the world, or I don't know what
0: it is. Just like a we talked about this in our Everybody Loves Raymond episode yeah. about how like they just stick the comedian's first name in a random expression people yes. say.
1: Kevin and. Uh, Ke- i don't know Ke- kevin time or oh lord i don't know kevin time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it'll be about uh. him being a single dad
0: so i mean overall maybe i was too critical of it but it was a show that especially in a time where i watched like zero drama and i only wanted to watch comedies i After- did i did watch house week by week yep. and was into it for like three or four years mm-hmm. before it kind of stopped being interesting to me but when i watched it today i was just like shit, is this what I was watching?
1: Yeah, I think it was what you were watching because I saw the same thing and although stuff stood out to me like like when a character would say, you know, you can't cure house and he's always been this way. <laughs> yeah, He doesn't care about the patient at this point because he's already cured her. Uh, I know. <laughs> like, like, they're basically narrating the episode, just through, uh, right, that stuff drives me a little bit crazy. Well,
0: This is the other thing I really mind. And uh, I mean, it's probably present in other shows and other movies as well, where there's like your lead character, who is established, just by the fact just by the virtue of the fact that he's the protagonist, he's the main character. He's above everybody else. Right. He's like a special entity and everyone else him or around him is is inferior in some way but like the this this trope of all of your supporting characters being like rational level-headed right. regular people yes. and he's not right he's like a, a cut above the rest even mm-hmm. though he's an asshole but he's funny so you like him yep. it's just it it seems kind of easy and and hackneyed to me
1: yeah yeah i hate when tv writers i guess or tv shows just don't kind of let the person watching do some of the the thought work on it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, clearly this is the kind of character he's being. Not like people lie and that's why <laughs> I don't trust them, which is something that was just reiterated through every show that he did. Everybody it's lies. Like, you can't trust them.
0: It's like a really famous expression. It's like a catchphrase from that show. Everybody yeah. everybody lies. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's said at one point in Scrubs too as kinda of like a nod to Oh others. really. There's a lot of hospital shows on at the
1: same time. Yeah, you're right.
0: When when House was on.
1: Yep. And It's funny because they were kind of almost shot the same way. Like, think of, like, House. And there was a couple shots in House where it was, like, showing the person lying on the bed mm-hmm. and i was like if you threw like four more fluorescent lights on that it would be scrubs
0: that Grey's anatomy did the same thing yeah and that was on at exactly the same right. time i told becky yesterday we were going to talk about a house on the podcast and she says i feel like house is just kind of like a, a shittier Grey's anatomy and i was like whoa hang on uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know about that
1: at least house spun things on its head a little bit it was different for the time like there hadn't been a show where a guy was just i don't know
0: well, and it was built on the premise of this guy is like an unbelievable diagnostician, right? right. He, he, can, he can look at something or hear something and, and extract evidence from it that no one else could. Mm-hmm. Uh, such was Sherlock Holmes.
1: I listened to a podcast this week and it kind of reminded me while I was watching House Today. Uh, I listened to a podcast this week by Malcolm Gladwell called Revisionist History.
0: That's his new show. His yeah. new show.
1: And his final show, he had, uh, it was called The Paradox of Satire. Okay. So it was kind of saying that, you know, Colbert was successful because people on the left loved him because he was kind of mocking this right-wing politician. And yep. people on the right loved him because they thought, eh, no, I think he's in on the joke a little bit. And he really is kind of given this lefty person this like lefty i never uh, thought about that before it's interesting calling them a communist like he was kind of serious about that yeah so the whole there
0: had to be a part of his brain that felt that way to come up with that exactly so
1: he was able to not really be polarizing people loved him on both sides that's fascinating and were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt but the whole point of the show was it's not really changing politics like he argued that listen the Sarah Palin thing that Tina Fey did had no teeth because they let Sarah Palin in on the joke. Oh. So, you know, where they were really giving it to her on one side, then they go ahead and have her on and she's like the guest host for an they episode. Basically. undermined
0: their own power. Exactly.
1: So then he, he uses a, which, sorry, before I get off onto that tangent, I just think when you think about House, the reason that people might have liked it is because he was kind of like... He said what was on his mind, but he was a tortured soul. But other people might have also taken it like, oh yeah, he's kind of bigoted. Like, that's yeah. kind of like my mindset. That's kind of I'm interesting. All right with this show.
0: Well, and for the same uh, for the same reason, like a lot of stand up comedians who say irreverent things are really popular because they're saying the thing that you know you probably couldn't pull off saying Right. because you can't say it in as rock star a way. Well, you can't you can't impart some kind of like charisma when you when you do it. And he's he's quick witted and that's charming. Plus you're never house's victim he never looks into the camera and says hey slaney
1: you're really short right you know what i mean sure why would he say that
0: well it's a a random example because you're um you're obviously so tall guy yeah Um, I just didn't want to say anything insulting, so I picked something that wasn't sure, true. Sure,
1: something that so clearly couldn't be possible. Right, exactly. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, <laughs> but just to just to finish the the episode, which is a cool episode. If people want to go listen to it, if you're already on the podcast, did you say or, final
0: episode? He's done.
1: Yeah, he did like an eight an eight episode series. You know, kind okay. of like mystery show or invisibilia or something like that that has this good
0: job for mystery show i wish that show would come back by the way if you haven't if you you liked serial and you also like uh teletune listen to mystery (sighs) show
1: i think they must be trying to develop that into a tv show or something
0: maybe it's also very very conceivable that it would take a long time to put that show together
1: that's also true yeah but the way the podcast ends with malcolm gladwell is he's talking about this political show in iraq okay And this political show in Iraq basically comes on after the news every night. Uh, No, sorry. It's Israel. Uh, It comes on after the news every night. And it's kind of like Saturday Saturday Night Live. Okay. I don't know if it's every night or every Friday night. It's kind of like Saturday Night Live, but it comes on at 9. And it's like super in your face. Like makes like some hardcore points. Okay. But but is very clearly like anti-right-wing propaganda and like religious belief that they try to push on the nation yeah i'm surprised that's that's welcome in that well it isn't is it it is and it isn't yeah like there are some people that hate it and think some things go way too far but because what's
0: the what's the israeli outlook on freedom of speech do they have that i'm i'm completely well, ignorant
1: they yeah yeah definitely their whole outlook is that they blame the rest of the world for all of their problems and they say like hey the world at least this is kind of what i got from the podcast they say that Kind of the rest of the world has mistreated them in the past and stuff, and all of their problems are because of other people in the world. And okay, yeah, it's it was kind of a I don't know. I'm not qualified to be talking about that's fine. Israel's that's fine po- political stance, but right. if you listen to the episode, it's kind of cool the way that uh, uh, the way that it goes. Do
0: do they do they like tackle the beef with Palestine or is it like, yeah. Like, yeah yeah they do.
1: Okay. Uh they think that yeah that Palestine they should basically like leave Palestine alone like basically Ooh. like let's just fuck off and let it die.
0: And there are probably people who are really angry about that yeah. political stance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a whole skit and I'm trying to think about how the skit went now as I speak. But it basically had a whole lot of um kids in the room and the teacher comes in and they're like, "All right, like what did we all learn this weekend? And they're all shouting these like right wing principles or something, Ooh. and uh, which is kind of like cute. And then right, and then it's like, <laughs> and when the rest of the world, uh, when the rest of the world wonders why we do what we do, and all the kids chant like, we call them anti Semitics. Oh my god! <laughs> that, so that's an idea of like what the skit show is. Okay, in Israel. So that's a sketch. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And and Malcolm Gladwell is like, I laughed out loud the first time I heard this. Who is Malcolm Gladwell? What's his background? Oh, so he's the guy who did um, Blink and Outliers, you know, the whole like 10,000 Hours Principle. Yes. He wrote that book. Oh. And The Tipping Point. Okay. Which is about like marketing and-
0: The 10,000 Hours Principle is like Einstein or something, isn't it? Didn't someone, or Edison, or somebody like much more historical come up with that theory? Um,
1: Maybe. I, maybe I haven't maybe re- i haven't read outliers but but he kind of like takes a bunch of different examples of outliers that okay. exist in the world and it's like well they put ten thousand hours of practice into this and that's how why. would you classify him is he like a self-help guru is no he a philosopher? Well, he's, he's more of a i don't know a I journalist guess say, well he is a journal well journalist slash sociologist okay yeah it's so weird that like a
0: sociologist can become a pop cultural figure
1: Oh, totally, man. Like he's, and he's good friends with Bill Simmons. Oh, that's interesting. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Like, you know, he, so we'll have a podcast like that, but I'll we'll also have a podcast like one of his episodes of revisionist history, which was just about uh, figures throughout history that kind of didn't get their due credit. Okay. Um, one was about Rick Barry, a guy who shot free throws between his legs, like granny shot style. And he had a 96% <laughs> free throw average. Oh, my but God. But no one else in the NBA did it. Because you look ridiculous. and Exactly. And Wilt Chamberlain, and he was like booed and, and taunted and stuff, and no one else does it now except for his son who's like in the NCAA. Wow. Wilt Chamberlain did it one year, and in that year, he scored like 100 points in a game, like the, the most points ever scored. So there's something to be game. said for that technique. Exactly. Yeah. Way more to be said. It, like Rick Barry is saying basically there's some people that's, that shoot like 40% or whatever from the free throw line. Do this, and I guarantee you, you'll get it up to at least 60%. That's like increasing your team's odds of winning by this much, and it's insane. And and so Malcolm Gladwell is like, why aren't people doing this? Because it looks ridiculous. And they think that that's enough reason to not do it and follow... The rest of the sheep.
0: it kind of does stand for something i mean hats off to anybody who can kind of thumb their nose at like the context that they've created for themselves yeah. and not really care how they look but right. image does matter when you're lebron james and your endorsements made you the highest paid athlete of all time totally. and your endorsements are contingent on whether or not you're socially cool
1: yeah and i think it would take someone like lebron james to start shooting like that yeah. consistently to make a change in the league right You know, it's hard enough to to get a a player like Steph Curry to actually change the entire league by taking way more threes in a game than had been done in years gone by.
0: But I mean, he makes that look cool. So as soon as he proved he could do it, it was a pretty easy transition.
1: And every other team started doing it. Like like, now we're now we're shooting way more threes. Like
0: I was talking about basketball with a couple of friends of mine the other night. Maybe you can help me with this. Sure. Uh, Well, first we were talking about the Olympics and my friend Jade Reference to Bill Murray tweet that's gone around a little bit which was something to the effect of all olympic uh, Competitions should have a regular person in them for context right and that's really funny like yeah It's, it's also kind of true like mm. because we and not just the olympics We watch all sports and we run our mouths about how oh this guy fucking sucks He can't throw free throws. Oh this uh, guy. Yeah. This guy can't handle the puck to save his life sure. meanwhile Maybe relativity is should be oh, applied to
1: it a little of bit. Of course.
0: Right? Context is everything, yeah. I guess, is the thing I'm, look, I'm looking for. But like, there's a, there's a basketball player, and either you told me about this or my friend Duncan told me about this, because you're my buddies that know basketball. I don't know the guy's name, but his, his deal is, he's one of those guys who was chirped a lot for being in the NBA but not being very good. Oh, that guy fucking sucks. So he started this thing where fans or chirpers, really trolls, could challenge him to a game of one-on-one. And and if you could beat him, he'd give you like $50,000 or something. Sure. And nobody has beat him.
1: No, he's a professional NBA player.
0: Right. but Even if he's
1: the worst of the best.
0: That's that's the whole point. uh, Is like, yeah, okay, I'm not LeBron James, but don't call me bad at my job.
1: I'm still playing amongst the few hundred best players in the world right now. But that's a cool way of approaching something that's probably really
0: really frustrating for some of those guys to be Definitely. raised being told they're amazing. Yeah. And then get into a league where they're not amazing by yeah. context. Yep. And and then everyone's telling them they're terrible when it's just not true.
1: Absolutely. And then you have a career of maybe five years and then you're out. Yeah. But I just respected that that application
0: to that. He was just like, I'm not going to be called yeah, bad. and now nobody calls him bad anymore because right, you've never heard this story, I guess. But no, I haven't. That's I'll awesome. I'll have to find though. out what the guy's name is. But other than this little thing, right, he's not well known because he's not an exceptional NBA player no, by sure. standards.
1: Well, there was there there have been people that wasn't like Christian Leitner or something. Was it? I won't was know like it to hear it. Okay,
0: cool. I'll ask Duncan.
1: Right, there's people that were like really good in university, like Christian Leitner, and just didn't quite make the transition in the NBA where. They yeah. were like an amazing player. And like and you people said shit on them. Like
0: And and that's that's his
1: career ending.
0: Yeah. Like that's really tough. Like I went to high school with some athletes who were in like minor leagues at sure. the time.
1: Sure, like elite status they were They
0: were like, at the time, getting paid a little bit of money and had minor prospects of turning pro eventually. Okay. I felt bad for a lot of those guys. I mean, some of them were assholes, so I didn't feel bad for them. And one of them slept with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> but, but a couple of them were okay guys, mm-hmm. and you'd lend them a pencil, and they'd lose it, and you'd lend them another pencil, and they'd lose it. But sure. they were all... Classic move. But they I were like all idiots. Like, oh. I really don't remember any exceptions. Really? They were all Amazingly dumb, and I don't even blame them. I blame the administration who let them get that way right but the problem is I don't think any of them have turned pro and I don't think any of them Therefore are getting paid to play anymore, and they don't have any life skills right or a lot of those guys
1: can go to University for free afterwards if they play for the team that's cool But it's
0: but it's pretty tough for them if they were carried along Sure. being told they didn't really have to try that hard and could lose all the pencils they wanted.
1: Well, yeah, and, I and think then they there's... don't
0: how to stu- study when they get to university and they drop out and they become a bartender or maybe a real estate agent or whatever and that's noble, but it's just setting people up for disappointment right. in most cases yeah so I don't know I don't know about about house it's not I learned today it's not a show I will ever go through again
1: no no definitely not Uh, if I saw it on TV you know what I'll put it this way if I I was down in the Dominican and (laughs) that was one of the shows that the channel we had picked up all the time like that show was on repeat yeah I'd watch it That'd be fine. I guess you know if, if if you finally
0: finally found something that was in English, I would watch that before <laughs> Everybody Loves Raymond. At least it's
1: a little bit more of a mystery. There's
0: you new know. listeners should go back and listen to the episode of it was early on in the show show and Slaney real shits on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, it's
1: rare that I do that with any show, but
0: I just make a habit of not watching shows with characters named
1: Chase. Ha, that's Again, fair.
0: same goes for Jackson that's totally fair they did that summer
1: they did that at the time where knoll. Chase was such a noll like yeah it's just like
0: these it, it just seems like such an OC name you know yeah. what I mean a 90210 summer. name right a Pretty Little Liars name mm-hmm. these these are just names that like uh, yeah and I so do watch sweet. Pretty Little Liars I was gonna say <laughs> I don't think that any of those names exist in that show but
1: that's an example of the kind of show that right, right. Yeah, that so. would carry those names it, yes it would I hear ya and it was—it's it's funny how like shows will pick up on names that are popular at the time, like popular baby names, and make them characters in the show. That's such
0: a good point. Like it's so Chase. dumb. Yeah, it's so dumb because like I, I, th- I think the most popular boy's name for babies last year was Aiden. I, right. I read a list recently that said so. They'll make a show where a thirty-five-year-old guy is named Aiden. Yeah, there was like no Aiden's thirty-five no years ago. Then. No, <laughs> it is really strange. Yeah. Yeah, I that's kind of that cool. Weird. Chase is a character who was like kind of always portrayed as the the dimwitted one. Like he was they made a lot of jokes about how he's just like he's just pretty
1: right and his dad made a phone call.
0: Right, right. Interestingly, I read today other than House, he makes more correct diag- diagnoses in the show than any other supporting character.
1: Yeah, I almost kind of got that from the first episode, although like he seemed like a little bit more Ophi. Yeah he like he was quicker in action right than some of the other people on the show
0: there's a there's another Competent. um the a thing that it reminds me of i'll probably get this wrong but there was a a thing that jk rowling said recently about uh, ron and hermione which was that when ron is angry he's always right and when hermione's scared she's always wrong Oh I weird. think that's what it is, but like there's this there's this idea about Hermione that she's never wrong. Right. But the writer had a formula for when she would be right and when she would be wrong. Right. And I think the idea was like Ron is always right unless
1: Ah, oh, Spoiler so... alert everyone. Yeah, I know. Ron's angry. Wow. He's right. I don't know if that applies to the new fucking book, but have you read it yet? Yeah. You weren't a fan. Wasn't that good. Oh. It was
0: like it, my friend said it's fun to read but it's objectively not
1: good really
0: and i mean the the thing that lets them off the hook is that she didn't write it
1: oh she didn't she it was made, like fan fiction that she published
0: well it's not really fan fiction it's i mean it's a play first of all it's not a novel right it's the script of a play that is on stage in london right now and it, there's a lot of stuff in the, the stage directions that l- really leave you wondering how are they doing that on stage like i imagine right. as a spectacle. It's really something. I imagine a lot of money went into this production. Sure. she crafted an outline of the story, and another playwright wrote the script. Oh, so you really notice the characters don't talk like themselves, right? Yeah, that it sucks. It, it it's so, okay, but you can also kind of detach yourself from it, right? The thing is, it for it to be called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is ridiculous because harry is a tertiary character in the story right like malfoy's son is probably the main character in the
1: story oh and he's the cursed child
0: uh no harry's son is the is the cursed child i guess oh. well no actually that's not true at all um okay spoiler alert this might be sensitive to some people the cursed child is Voldemort's daughter and, that, oh. and that's what the, the story is about. Who did
1: Bald- Voldemort have a baby with? Bald-
0: uh, Bellatrix Lestrange.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yes. The one who's played by... Um, Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There's oh.
0: some. There, I might have to cut that out because there's just some serious spoilers of,
1: of current <laughs> storytelling. Sure. But okay, maybe I won't sense. also. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. Maybe we could just say it at the beginning. Like, there's a spoiler on the new Harry Potter book if you guys want to read it yeah okay you should do like a narration episode that would be really funny you know how some of them like like how mystery show does for instance like so we sat down (laughs) and we decided to do a podcast and it's like matt was grossed out oh that's gross (laughs) you want me to serialize the show (laughs) yeah it would be hilarious just maybe for just one episode
0: that would be really good for like if we were ever going to do an episode about 60 minutes
1: yeah (laughs) sure or like maybe even Um, on cullen
0: sweets I'm uh, Matt Slady. <laughs> I'm Morley Safer. Yeah, we should get Morley Safer on the show sometime. We should. It's probably tough to get him. I'm hey, in the, Leonard Nimoy. The uh, speaking of Leonard Nimoy, oh. the the other uh, show that we want to discuss for today's podcast also um, an interpretation of Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock, uh-huh. starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It only um, it connected me to Leonard Nimoy because at one point apparently Leonard Nimoy played. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Whoa, I right, have a list right, of right. a couple of the, the most notable people who have played Sherlock Holmes, uh, Hugh Laurie excluded, because that doesn't really count. Right. Benedict Cumberbatch, Robert Downey Jr., obviously. Mm-hmm. Vasily Levanov, Jeremy Brett, Basil Rathbone, I believe he's the most like original, like the one everybody looks back on. Uh, okay. Leonard Nimoy, Johnny Lee Miller. He played him in a, a show that I believe was on CBS a couple years ago. I'm not sure it's oh, still on. Oh, yeah,
1: with him and Lucy Liu.
0: Yeah, elementary it was right. called. But the character's name was Sherlock Holmes, so that counts. Yeah, And Sir Ian McKellen quite recently Whoa. played yep. him. Yeah, he they, they did a movie. I don't know what it was called. Holmes, maybe. What Mr. He played, Holmes, like, old Holmes. He played old Sherlock. <laughs> okay. And this okay. is the idea is that like he's he's lost everything, he's gonna come out of retirement and do one more case.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. You can apply that to any professional.
0: Any reboot. Yeah. Basically anything that Ian McKelton's gonna star right. in at this point.
1: Harry Potter's coming out of retirement <laughs> for one last Quidditch game. It's Harry Potter. Yeah <laughs> uh, That's good.
0: Yeah, he is in the news this week, uh, because it turns out Sean Parker offered him $1.5 million to officiate his wedding dressed as Gandalf.
1: Oh, and he wouldn't do it?
0: (laughs) He wouldn't do it. I I, I guess he's got too much pride, or maybe he's got like a contractual obligation to not put on the beard or whatever.
1: He seems like he's also kind of in on the joke sometimes.
0: Well, that's a lot of money he could have given to charity or something. Totally. But it's just, first of all, it's stupid for Sean Parker to want that. It's it's cool and awesome, but it's also, I don't believe he actually wanted it. He just asked it to to get the no
1: right you know what i mean He's But like ju- you know what's cool 1.5 million dollars
0: <laughs> what's cooler
1: 1.5 billion dollars yeah true that's right do you think he started out with like i'll pay you 1 million dollars <laughs> and gandalf was like no i'm not gonna do it for that and he goes hey gandalf you know what's even cooler 1.5 million
0: that's, And he handed him a business card that said i'm ceo bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> the joke i made on the air was uh that sir ian mckellen Knows how skittish Gandalf gets around rings.
1: <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that's good. I know, professional humorist. Well, maybe once once they said their vows, he would say, "This marriage shall not pass." <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the That's the only other
1: Gandalf thing I could I come know. up with. So I was like, I that doesn't apply to weddings Everyone at all. Everyone would make that joke. <laughs> yeah,
0: just like all of the iconic Gandalf moments is when he's having like a for being a character who's so thought of as being serene and. And like at peace. Yeah, all of his iconic moments are in a fit of when anger. He's angry. You're <laughs> totally right. So what did you
1: watch the pilot for Sherlock?
0: Well, here's the thing that I, I knew but I didn't remember until about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Much like Star Trek, there's an episode zero with Sherlock.
1: Oh, I don't so think I saw that
0: one. Which one did you watch? One today?
1: Yeah, well, it was called like uh, something in Scar- a study in scarlet. Yeah, that pink rings a bell. It's okay, what's
0: what's pink. the what's the premise of the show? Is it the one where there's all these people who turned up and they seem like suicides? Yeah, yeah. that's that's the one I watched too, and that's I believe technically episode one. Yeah. it's not the unaired pilot, but I don't think the unaired pilot is that impossible to find.
1: But the pilot must have been complete. Like it, there's no connection to episode no, one, I, one. I don't
0: think it, you can even consider it canon because episode one is also a pilot. Like, he meets Watson for the first time in both of them. Right. But it sounds like we watched the same one. Now, I watched the Sherlock pilot, the one we're talking about, a couple of months ago. Okay. So I'm not totally fresh on it. Today, I watched the season two premiere. Nice. Have have you watched this show before? Uh, Yeah, I'm totally caught up. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So
1: you're more versed in it than I am. It is so good. I know. I really, one of those shows that I didn't think, like Narcos too is another one, that I didn't think I'd be able to get into and just sit down and- into this show for a long time and then I... I think over a weekend we streamed like all three seasons it's so easy to, to like suck back oh yeah you can it, inhale the whole show in a weekend yeah it's one of those shows where it was like okay it was like fall turning winter there was nothing going on outside because it was just rainy and shitty so yeah we we're like do you want to try Sherlock sure. I
0: I was so um detached from it and what it was like knowing that people loved it but I had always been under the assumption that it was like a period piece that right. it was like Sherlock Holmes set in Victorian England mm-hmm. just because the only image I i'd ever seen was benedict cumberbatch in a pea coat, yeah. so I, I i had no reason to assume it was set in modern day right and so i was less interested when i found out it, it was modern day i watched it and i was just so fucking compelled yeah the thing i didn't realize about it also is that it's a lot funnier than you expect it to be
1: right because the new sherlock plays such a kind of almost like asperger's character right yet still kind of charming and- well
0: yeah and he's he's easily compared to the the alan turing character the yes i mean there are parallels there he's cooler i guess he's suaver than alan turing yeah
1: he doesn't care as much like he he's got more of a i don't give a shit whereas turing was a little bit hurt when people didn't understand him
0: yeah turing wasn't wasn't so arrogant i guess yeah he was just he just kind of was the way he was and people were offended by it sometimes right that's the biggest difference you're right yeah I love um, Martin Freeman. I think he's like superb casting.
1: He's great in everything. Great in everything. One of the things that I kind of forgot and and kind of put together was that every Sherlock is kind of a drug addict. Oh yeah, <laughs> like well, I think that dates back to
0: Doyle Sherlock. Like I think oh yeah, it was opiates though. He was like totally. He had a pipe and everything. Yep. Is is Cumberbatch? I guess he's taking pills a lot, isn't he?
1: No, he's a straight up like he's done heroin? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he doing
0: them in the show? I've I've seen the end of the first season, which means I've seen 3 episodes. Right. Three maybe and they
1: don't dive into it that or maybe they just kind of like introduce it in an episode quickly or something, but I,
0: I will say uh the guy who plays Moriarty, Oh,
1: it, Andrew, awesome. Andrew
0: Scott is his name. Yep. He is a breathtaking actor in that
1: part. He's the best part of the show, I think. Oh he's my God. more enjoyable to watch than anyone else on the show i didn't i didn't I mean get i don't that it think was... you could have the show without martin freeman or uh friedman just freeman i think freeman. like morgan or uh or benedict cumberbatch obviously but like moriarty is so fun to watch it's
0: just something so subtle about his facial expressions he yeah is just it's just i wrote down a quote from the second season premiere because i just watched it but he's he's talking to his phone and you don't know at this point who he's talking to but he's They're clearly, like, under his umbrella. Right. And he says, uh, if you have what you say you have, I'll make you rich. If you don't, I'll make you into shoes. And I was like, oh,
1: fuck. Yeah, but then I'll be like, I'll make you into shoes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, just random weird. uh, Well, and- and I don't I know this except for that your your little chuckle made me think of the Joker. I mean, the Sherlock yeah. Moriarty relationship is very similar to the Batman Joker
1: relationship, yeah, and that they're both equally fucked. That's what I thought of too. Was was Heath Ledger playing Joker? That that was kind of reminiscent of Moriarty for me, and it, and different, but.
0: And how did Heath Ledger make a character with green hair and a white face so subtle? Like, yeah. it was the subtleties that made that performance right. brilliant. And that's like, the oh, case with this guy. like, oh, I'm going to make him sound
1: like Tom Waits, and uh, yeah, it'll all come together. And it, and it did. But then, like, the little tongue thing he
0: did. You're right. Yeah. I also thought of Heath Ledger's Joker when I saw this guy's yeah. Moriarty.
1: Definitely. Yeah. He was uh, so, so crazy. So crazy, yeah. In that. yeah. So how how many times was he was he in the first season Moriarty? He's I think he's just in the
0: third episode, right. which is the season finale. Because
1: in the beginning of the first episode, Sherlock mentions Moriarty.
0: Yeah, like it's understood that he's his long lost right. uh, like arch nemesis, and that's also in like that's in the the dialogue of Sherlock Holmes. Like, right. if you're going to do an authentic Sherlock Holmes, depiction, gonna be it's got to have Moriarty, and it's got to right. have Watson, and it's got to have um lestrade
1: right and uh uh, mycroft i guess so i think that i drew a couple parallels in the shows okay that you know watson was obviously uh house's little friend on on uh house oh uh wilson Wilson yeah so Watson was Wilson and then if it wasn't obvious to people by the way and it wasn't always obvious to me
0: that is why his name is house and that is why his name is Wilson right because it's like very obvious. I mean Dr. House lives at 221b
1: right (laughs) like and Cuddy was Lestrade
0: okay yeah okay that makes
1: sense Dr. House lives on 221b as well
0: yeah not Uh, not Baker Street although although I I noticed um in probably like
1: Chef Street or Cook Street yeah exactly yeah they would do that
0: slight like just like really corny like twist on it Mm -hmm. Uh, i noticed in the pilot episode of host the 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 patient rebecca the school teacher yeah um, her last name was adler and oh right and that's That's kind of a love interest right
1: sherlock at one point isn't
0: it? i'm a pleb so i'm thinking like the rachel mcadams character right have you rewatched those movies what movies the robert downey jr jude law movies i've
1: never seen them oh dude they're good really
0: yeah well i mean they're like action movies yeah but it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the avengers meets right or it's like pirates of the caribbean meets sherlock holmes
1: and guy Ritchie is doing a new uh knights of the roundtable movie era like a king arthur king arthur movie and oh, it's got that's charlie cool. hunnam in it really yeah he's gonna be king arthur Interesting. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Did he play... I was going to say, did he play the knight in A Knight's Tale? That was Heath Ledger. Yes. Interesting. I I kind of wondered if Charlie Hunnam was going to be anything more.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was probably a smart call by him turning down the whole... Uh, Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. He was like on yeah. that, wasn't he? Yeah. Like they hired him and everything. And then basically there was a bunch of internet like hate, and he was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore.
0: Yeah, well, it's just... It's career suicide unless you're really um handling it well like i think the girl they got what's her name dakota johnson yeah i think she's actually she's very smart and by the way i saw 50 shades of gray yeah and yes it's an atrocity but she's got really good comedic timing in it she's got a couple of moments where she's really funny yeah she is uh nice looking
1: i think she's in the new season of mr robot that's A really good career thing for her yeah
0: that's like and that's where i was gonna go is that like she had a she had a quick part in the social network and she's had like a couple of little little moments in her career where she's actually done like really respectable stuff so that she can uh, use 50 shades as a springboard and not as like a a definitive Mm -hmm. is is really impressive because you can easily become the person who isn't good because they were in a bad movie yeah
1: her parents are famous too like her dad was the lead character in miami vice right
0: right and her mother's famous too
1: yeah don johnson and ah oh, fuck i forget her mom i sound i
0: sound yeah we sound young for not because <laughs> they're famous people yeah yeah whatever uh there was like an awkward red carpet moment where uh she was with her mother yeah and somebody asked has your mom seen it yet and she was like no she won't see it and she was clearly like bitter about
1: that Right, who's her mom like it's not like melanie griffith or that's something i think that that's it. it
0: yeah i think that's it
1: Right, it was yeah. so awkward. She's like rolling her eyes at her mom. And stuff. Yeah, I was like, uh, it kind of made kind of made her seem like a bit more of a brat, I think, than anything. Probably,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. I, I actually think her career is going to be okay. I can't say the same thing oh, for the other guy. Fine. Yeah, and I'm like, he. I don't think he's that talented. At least not based on that movie. But like. Kristen Stewart's a good example of somebody who is in a series of really bad films. Mm-hmm. Like, they were really bad films. Right. She's a really good actress. Right. But people still don't perceive her as one because they still associate her with the bad movies. Right, so
1: she's just trying to do all these, like, crazy movies outside of...
0: And for a sec, it looked like Robert Pattinson would be able to transcend that,
1: and when was the last time you heard about him? Right. Whereas, like, you get someone like um, Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. Who's a good actor in everything he does, and it helped that those
0: Harry Potter movies were critically acclaimed. We're, we're good, yeah. yeah.
1: You're right, but but he wasn't pigeonholed into just being that character either. He
0: really smartly took some parts that were huge so departures, different, yeah. Yeah. Did you see Swiss Army Man? No, I didn't. Did, Did you? you? Yeah, you'd like it. Really? Yeah. It's so it's so nuts. It's a it's a piece of art. Like sure. it's a was weird it f- movie.
1: Was it funny? Yes.
0: Like, oh my God! There was there was a sense of laughter. There was probably only like eight or nine people in the theater room when I went to see it. And right. There was a there was a hysteria in the laughter in the opening ten fifteen minutes that I've never heard in a movie theater. Wow! Because there is like
1: oh yeah that's a, like sausage party. I don't
0: want to overstate it mm-hmm. because I mean it's it's not a it's not really a comedy and there's some seriously heavy stuff in it. Sure. But there's just all this. I mean, it's being called the farting corpse movie. Right. because there's a farting corpse in the trailer. Right. No, no, that's a big part of the film. Like, right. that's the the farts really matter Really, in the film. And, like, the makers of the film, I guess they sold the movie to Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe by saying they wanted to make a movie where the first fart makes you laugh, the last fart makes you cry. And it worked. Wow. Like, it, it was like that. But, like, I there was just something about the first couple of laughs at the farts that were, like, really reserved. Because when you go to a movie that's funny... You laugh, but then you stop laughing. Right. But then once we realized we were all cool at laughing at fart jokes, yeah. and we were comfortable with each other, we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and there was just a community in the in the theater.
1: And the, the laughter of nine people laughing at fart jokes. So
0: that was kind of a special thing that like made you really welcome in oh, the film.
1: I want to see that so badly. You got to see it. We should have guests on the podcast soon.
0: Well, we have to get um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. and yeah. And, uh, and Michael uh, Will, B. Will Smith, that would be appropriate. Will Smith would be appropriate. He could sign off. He could say, "Never trust me." <laughs>
1: right, and <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, who we're constantly rooting for.
0: We're really on Michael B. Jordan's side. Yeah, that's so true. Michael like, B. Jordan should be the next guy to play Sherlock Holmes. That'd be fine with me. I don't know if a black guy's ever done it.
1: I don't think he has. Have they
0: ever done like a Sherlock Holmes in his
1: twenties before? Uh, are we writing a movie right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, the, we could totally do it. <laughs> Except, what are we going to call him? Okay, who's okay? If Michael B. Jordan is Sherlock. Then who's Watson? I think Watson would have to be someone like
0: uh, Michael, Aaron, Sarah, no. Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter. <laughs> <laughs> why was talking. he even that in was stream of consciousness? Why was he even in the top thousand people you <laughs> could come up
1: with? <laughs> I don't know. Any other day, he would not be. Oh, okay. How about that dude who's in? Uh, uh, he has
0: to be like a smaller, uh, like on the charisma scale than Michael B. Jordan.
1: Sure. So which is tough. Okay. Yeah, this guy might might be on par with Michael B. Jordan, the guy who uh, uh, played the lead in Whiplash.
0: I was also thinking Miles Teller. <laughs> were you? Yeah, yeah and Teller. I think it's because they made a couple movies together. They were in Fan Tastic.
1: Oh right.
0: And a movie which everyone should Fanfort. watch called That Awkward Moment, which also had Zac Efron. It's on Netflix. Oh yeah.
1: No you one saw that up
0: this before, I think. No one saw this movie. It is. Such a good romantic comedy. Yeah. That it was at one point on, like, the blacklist of scripts, like, the, the best scripts that haven't been made yet. Somebody finally made it. Imogen Poots is in it, and uh, <laughs> there's another actress who, uh, I guess, most recently has been seen in The Martian, but I mean, like, Zach Efron and Michael yeah. B. Jordan and, and Miles Teller. Sure. It's a good cast.
1: That's a great cast.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, so who who would play um, Moriarty? Jonah Hill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh... I think you're just saying that because... War Dogs. Did you see War Dogs?
0: No, apparently they don't get along. Really? This is the rumor. Howard asked Jonah about it last week, and he kind of deflected a little bit. Oh,
1: how did he deflect? How do you deflect that question? Oh, I get along with, with everybody I work with. Oh, yeah, that's Oh, like, you don't like that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the only worst thing he could have said at that point is, hey, you know, uh, Miles is Miles. <laughs> uh, which is a sure oh, sign. He that. and I were miles apart. We're making <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah who would play moriarty who would be a good villain emma watson emma watson she's just on my brain all the time yeah
0: <laughs> but uh, honestly daniel radcliffe that'd be he'd be
1: a cool villain daniel radcliffe would be perfect yeah right?
0: that'd be interesting age appropriate all right so there you go hollywood we just pieced a little something together make mm-hmm. it happen mm-hmm. everyone's gonna go to this by the way who would
1: play lestrade lestrade
0: he could be a little older okay probably maybe like uh somebody who kind of purveys wisdom but also like a staunchness
1: wisdom and staunchness i'm going to all comedic actors for some reason yeah that's tough oh what about um dude who uh is in peaky blinders and played scarecrow in batman begins oh uh yeah cillian murphy yeah cillian murphy cool cool that that's a that's a cool cut that's a good pull eh that
0: is a good pull okay then all that's left would be love interest oh and mycroft we need him too right um who's he's 10 he's like a little bit more flamboyant right he's like a little yeah little sillier yeah so you could use comic relief for for this person although a couple of these people can do comedy so,
1: so if we had michael b jordan who would be playing his brother <laughs> craig robinson craig <laughs> robinson <You're> about... <laughs> no that's <laughs> weird he's Like i'm my croft i don't know not sure, not sure I, I'm, I having right I'm having a hard time with that right now having a hard time with that maybe michael b jordan has an actual brother that hannibal burris or the actual michael jordan hannibal burris sure
0: it's <laughs> such a weird that's such a weird casting hannibal
1: burris or this... eric andre
0: all right so here's what's funny about about this discussion we're having they are doing uh another modern day sherlock holmes whoa it's a comedy and, whoa. It, and it stars will ferrell and john c Riley.
1: Oh, uh, really that's
0: sherlock and watson yeah and one of the guys who wrote uh, Tropic Thunder, so not what's his head, who's married to Jennifer Aniston. The other guy right. is writing
1: it, not Thoreau, Justin, Justin Thoreau. Thoreau. Yeah, interesting.
0: So I mean, like, yeah, it's been a while since we had like a, a slapsticky, Talladega bizarre Talladega uh, Night style movie. Step Brothers, yeah. It's been a while too since since uh, John C. Riley's done something like objectively comedic. I mean, he's doing right. this thing right now where he plays that guy with the frizzy hair and the little glasses.
1: Oh, Steve Bruhl? Yeah, uh, yeah, let's... that's
0: comedy, I guess. Yeah, but it's, oh, is it's, it ever? It's more absurd than. Yeah, definitely. Just a couple more things about the the lead patient character in uh, the pilot episode of House, mm. Rebecca Adler. When she said, when she came in, the, like the cold open, when she comes into her classroom and she's like clearly got a sweet relationship with all her kids. Yes, and. She's already had this conversation with her buddy who works at the school before the bell rang where she's like, oh, I had a sleepover this weekend with a fella, and... The, so she does this thing, I guess, on Monday mornings where she asks her kids what they do, what they did on the weekend. And one right, of the she kids, just
1: jumps right into it. No, like, anthem, no anything, no bell. It's just like, hey, yeah. what'd you guys
0: do? She just, so. like, pulled up a chair and started to mm-hmm. rap with the kids. And yeah. then one of them very precociously says, you never tell us what you did on the weekend. Right. And she says, I made a friend.
1: I know, she's weekend. actually, like, being truthful about <laughs> it. Not like, I had dinner with my family and got groceries. Yeah, I was just like, okay, I know the made- line. A friend? Did you tell your parents? I thought she was going to be like, no. She doesn't tell my parents. She just about doesn't all my seem friends. to
0: to quite know where the line is. Like later yeah. on, when she gets better and her students come to visit her in the hospital, she's like, I want a hug and a kiss from all of you. I said that too. <laughs> like, why are you so like?
1: I don't think that would play on TV today. No, like no. it's only twelve years later, but
0: it's really nice to see someone who's like supposed to be a great teacher and great with kids. But that is a line you can't cross, even in fiction.
1: Right. Also. I, one thing that really got me was like right before it went to the opening credits was her seizing on the ground. And she tried to write a note on the board that <laughs> yeah. said, call the nurse. Yeah. And it just showed the board that was like, call the nurse. And then it showed her seizing and it went to the credits. Did you hear um. one of the kids go,
0: the, we know that word. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like that was the word she wanted you to get yes just the you're not to like, get the message across like word economy was terrible like not yeah. just call nine one one. not like which would have been so much quicker she's like trying with all her might not to fall or, over or just put like help yeah or like uh yeah. God. call uh, the nurse kids uh, oh well she was or or even like the teacher next door and uh... she
0: taught them the word nurse though. And that's really, she was still a teacher even when she was passing Mm -hmm. out. I also couldn't help but notice that in an early scene, when Omar Epps goes to like like scout out the classroom, yeah. he distinctly says there are twenty kids in the class. Yeah, and later on they're like, "Your students came there's 11, a- 11 <laughs> girls and five boys." Yeah. And I was like, "Where are these other four <laughs> kids?" I just couldn't help but notice. I thought of that too. <laughs> I like they made a point of saying exactly how many people are here, and I just there's an untold story, right? But where those other four kids are?
1: And yeah, and I was wondering like, why did he go during? school to, yeah, like, it's so like there's just so many things about this it's going to be
0: traumatic for the students and also
1: breaking into the house and
0: did you know that house H O U S E is a medical classification which means history of use
1: no i had no as idea in,
0: as in drugs
1: oh i
0: think that's just kind of convenient cuz they were probably going to name him house anyway
1: right house and homes was yeah easy to do better
0: than like dr homie dennis leary was considered for house Yep. David oh, Cr- David really? Cross, which is hard to picture. Whoa,
1: that would have really changed his career. And Patrick
0: Dempsey, which really would have changed the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to think of him as like a dark character. Yeah, you're right. But clearly he got the other part or
1: the other doctor show at the time.
0: Yeah. He was the other like lead resident on a show that was being launched that year. Yeah.
1: I would've been interested to see anyone else do that, too. Yeah, I mean like cuz what's what's you Lord been up to? He must be doing like some Broadway plays or something. Probably, I feel like he probably It's worth scads of money. Like by the eighth season, I guess he was making 700 grand an episode. Really? And he he was was bringing it in. He was a, a, a pretty well-known actor in the UK, I think. Before,
0: oh, well, even here, like he—he's—he he's, was a character actor who had been around a lot, right? But it's easy for us to forget not only that he's British, but that he was a comedian first, right? He was like with Stephen Fry, like who interestingly plays Mycroft in the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh, wow. Sherlock Holmes movies. I did not know that. Uh, like the two of them were a musical comedy team. Yeah, yeah
1: they had a few seasons of. A show, didn't they? A
0: bit of Fry and Laurie, right? And he's like got a very like sophisticated British, British accent. accent.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember seeing him host Saturday Night Live, and he was good on it. Brian Singer really?
0: is one of the executive producers of of host, and there was yeah. another guy, one of the other EPs. So the two of them were in charge of casting. And when Hugh Laurie came in for his audition, I guess the other guy did not recognize Hugh Laurie, did not know who he was, right? And said to Brian Singer, "This is what we've been looking for: an American." And, Bri- ah. and Brian Singer was like. <laughs> He's just a really good actor. You're dumb. Right. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Yeah.
0: There's also a rumor. I don't know if this is true. There's an urban myth that Hugh Laurie has actually
1: sustained uh, like arthritic physical problems. Be- from doing from, the limp. From doing the limp for eight years. It's like, did you hear about uh, like Daniel Day-Lewis when he did My Left Foot, which was a show, a movie about, I think, a paraplegic that okay. had to like spell with his foot or something. Oh. I haven't seen it, which it's kind of crazy sounds like a blast he got yeah he that was his first like award uh or his first oscar win i think for that before he got scads more yeah um but sorry you said scads and I had to say it again sure but he broke his like lower rib or something because he's like he was method the whole time and
0: well and i think that's probably the the origin of the daniel day lewis myth about yes. how, like, he's he's the quintis- quintessential example of the method actor nowadays, yeah, right? definitely. And, you know, they talk about him in the in the Lincoln top hat on the subway. And it, it, right. I, I actually think that his degree is bull- bullshit. Like, the, the lengths right. he goes to.
1: It's crazy. I mean,
0: it works, I
1: guess. Because but, there are people who are like, if you're supposed to, like, act on cue, then just do that. <laughs> and you're also just, you must be a nightmare to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That can't be fun. No i'd say he's close to being insane but you know some artists star. that's right never trust daniel day lewis either who was the actress who played the the actress who played stadler adler
0: adler like the rebecca character
1: yeah she's been in things yeah she's probably she's well known she
0: seemed familiar i guess but like at first honestly at first i was like is that jennifer morrison because i know jennifer morrison's in the show right and i was like no that's not jennifer morrison and then cameron walks in and i'm like oh it's not jennifer morrison right
1: and what's omar epps been up to chase i think is on chicago fire is he i think so
0: cal penn was in the show for a short time and then his character his character commits suicide he left the show to go work for obama right which is cool i remember that he briefly had an arc on how i met your mother oh really yeah how was that? Oh, it was fine. It was like, it was I during, like, it was during, I, like a, I do too. It was during a weird time of the show. Mm-hmm. It was like during the, the Barney Robin kind of right. uh, mess that, uh, yeah, so he was fine in it, but it was the episodes that he was in were overall not great.
1: Did you see New Star Trek?
0: I was just thinking no. of
1: Harold and Kumar at White Castle, and then I started thinking of John like, Cho. Harold, aka John Cho.
0: Right. No, you know, I haven't, I, there's like a couple of things I've been wanting to see, but I never. I'm not sure I have anybody to go to Into Darkness with. Yeah. Uh, to, to go into the darkness with.
1: To go into the darkness with. I
0: still just want to see Don't Think Twice. And like yeah. every podcast I listen to is like, you gotta go see Don't Think Twice. Right. Why aren't you going to see it? And Why I'm like, you gone yet? I want to. Right. Is it always Mark Maron? Mark Maron? Why I don't know that he has seen? said anything about it. Pete goes on and on about it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. He has
0: a cameo in it, apparently. He's also in it, yeah. Yeah. But he's
1: like best friends with Birbiglia, I think.
0: They're good buddies and he had uh Kate McCoochie on today and she's she's in it as well.
1: Kate McCoochie seems like the most fake name.
0: She's you'd recognize her. She's the uh the smaller half of Garfunkel and Oats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I knew yeah, I knew who she was. I was just trying to like put together my head. Kate McCoochie. Kate the Cooch. The Cooch. Yeah, Yeah, it's her and Ricky something. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: She's Oats
1: i haven't seen any of the garofun glenote show have you
0: yeah i watched it it was just one season was it all it was like seven episodes It was okay it has some funny cameos in it it's kind of like it clearly wanted to be the girl version of flight of of the concords Concords. yeah right and i mean that was that was of a time flight of the concords
1: yeah it was of a time and and it was the first season was so funny and the second season, like, I don't think quite followed up the same, because it's hard to just replicate.
0: I have them both down there. Do you? Both seasons I, I didn't, are there.
1: I didn't finish the second season.
0: I but. don't know that I did either. Really? I've, I've always owned it. You're right. I mean, like, the first season is genius. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also because it, it, they used up every song in their act, which they they've did. been cultivating for, for 11 so years.
1: Long. And And Aziz Ansari was in it. Yeah. And uh, Will Forte was in it. Remember, oh, was he, he? Will Forte plays the aspiring actor, and he's like... Here's my here's my New York character who's wondering what, what's with all the commotion. What's with all the commotion? <laughs> Won't someone please tell me what's with all the
0: commotion? I don't remember that. Oh, that's that is great. funny. I, I would argue that Reese Darby is the best part of that show. Definitely. He's so hysterical in that yeah. show.
1: Reese Darby was on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang kind of recently and uh he was just explaining how he ended up on the show and they had to find a part for him and he ended up working at the passport office but also being (laughs) their manager there was just there was just so much you wanted to know about that well they started on radio i guess yes and so they had a bit more of a of a story and then they kind of just like dropped it right in the middle (laughs) for television and I think it was like, I think
0: at the time it was the most contemporary, absurd thing my dad had ever seen. Right. But like I had the DVD and I was watching it at home. Yeah. And it might've been over Christmas or whatever. And he like sat there and watched it with me. And my dad would be in tears <laughs> watching Flight of the Concords and he couldn't even understand why. Oh, but there's God. this episode where, where Brett quits the band because Brett quits the band routinely. Sure. And to kind of prove that he does, he can make it without Brett. Jermaine builds a Brett out of like pots and pans and like Folgers (laughs) cans and they just cut to it and it's so straight and it just like, (laughs) he's got it on like a pulley system so that the (laughs) robot Brett can play the guitar. Yeah, I don't,
1: uh, I don't remember that episode. I, I remember laughing so hard at the Bowie episode Okay. where like, Jermaine plays Bowie and right. comes to Brett in a dream. Yeah. He's like, what you doing, Brett? I'm kind of He's surprised like, that clip didn't
0: like go around when Bowie died. Yeah, you're right. Because our our generation's responsible for the fame of the of the Flight of the Conchords, yeah, and our our generation's also responsible for what goes viral.
1: Both of them are doing like pretty well too. They both got their own things going. Brett like, McKenzie have you seen has an Oscar? Yeah, from for the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, have you seen uh, what they what we do in the shadows?
0: No. It's... Pretty funny, yeah, yeah. I heard that.
1: Pretty funny. It was like a like like long episode of The Office, but with vampires. That's
0: so cool. Yeah, yeah. You're right, and, and I I think they're wise not to get back together.
1: Yeah, I think they're smart
0: enough not to. Yeah. Also, like mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give in to. Yeah. It's not like somebody would be able to pay them enough to anyway. It's one of those things where I
1: hope they're still best friends.
0: Yeah, and I I, I don't see why they're not. They did an interview together, like for the Hollywood Reporter or something last year, nice. Where they like were together and they were talking to the same guy, right? But the the premise was why we're not gonna do comedy songs together anymore. Sure, and it's smart because comedy
1: is different now. Yeah. I mean, and look at look at all the not reboots, but sequels and stuff that people try to pull off, and like so rarely are they ever worth doing.
0: The other thing that they were really conducive to was the dawn of virality, right? That it's so different now. Yeah. That well,
1: that was that was happening at the same time that like Dick in a Box was happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it was just the pinnacle of people sharing.
0: I remember, you know, in grade ten, like being in high school and like every every dude like myself who could play a couple of cowboy chords on the guitar was playing flight of the corn concord songs at parties sure like at like theater parties right you know what i mean like that was that was essential Mm -hmm. yeah
1: we were just watching the special because none of us could play
0: none of you could play
1: not really no i don't think so were you like part of the the bro crowd i don't think so no I don't think so. Like, I wasn't, like, in with, like, the hockey players or anything. Oh, I see. I th- I would have thought you were. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, I'm no. Not sure not why I think of you that way. I guess just because you're, like, very um, socially comfortable and type A. Sure. Yeah. But no, like, I don't know. None of my, all of my friends kind of have a different, we were all just kind of friends through classes and stuff. and Maybe you were more like my group
0: of friends than I realize. Yeah. Because that's more, kind of what might my, be. my group of friends was like.
1: Yeah, I, I love that you think I was, like, more jockey than I actually was, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to take that the wrong way at no, all. No, that's fine. No, no. That's yeah. fine. You think I was a cool kid. I, th- I thought you were a cool kid. Ah, we, we got thought it. so. We all get along with everyone. That's what everyone says. I got an ability to get along with everyone. Yeah, the people who... I was a real chameleon. Yeah,
0: the people who were disliked by 60% of the student body (laughs) say I got along with everyone. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no issues there.
0: I would have gotten along with everyone if they paid attention to me. Right that was my issue (laughs) if they paid attention to me
1: (laughs) no i still hang out with like everyone that i hung out with in high school
0: do you feel weird about that like i have i have almost like a a bit of like a survivor's complex i'm like okay why have all my friendships hung on like what's wrong and what's gonna happen to them
1: no i think that like kids is probably going kids kids is probably gonna change something kit like once my friends start, like, you know, my friends are getting married and stuff. yeah. But once they start having kids, that might distance what happens a little bit, because they're, you know, you gotta think about the family at that point. So it's like, I'm gonna move over here, or whatever, we're moving for a job, because we've gotta feed this kid. It
0: doesn't have to end friendships, but it just turns into one of those things where you see them twice a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I've, up to this point, for the most part, seen my friends with a pretty regular frequency, except for the ones that decided to move away. Yeah. To, like, well a couple
0: of my good friends from high school live in ontario now but it just happened that most of them were home this summer so i got got to see lots of them. sure yeah but i'm thinking less and less that i'll end up in ontario like two years ago i thought for sure that was going to happen right even a year ago and like maybe it will but i'm i'm lately just kind of like i i I don't know that i'd be okay without halifax Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah i wonder that too and I'm also just like, how am I going to make the money that I want to make in Halifax, though? Well, That's true. Yeah, and I think of that sometimes. We'll figure it out, right? R- uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone figures that out. Well. They all make the money they want to make. No. 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 Wait. Wait a second. Most. Um,
0: okay. I have to tell you something. I was told. <laughs> I have to. But then we should end the podcast because you're going to have to sit down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> A lot of people don't Uh, end up achieving uh, all of uh, all of their dreams. uh, Like uh, I know like occasionally Hmm? a person becomes an adult and sometimes feels like a little bit less Fulfilled than they. Oh,
1: don't say that! 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 Garden (laughs) state? No, 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 no! I know, I know, buddy. I know. I was told it would work out, but you won't. You're gonna be fine. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good then.
0: Yeah, don't worry about anybody else. Okay. You're good, (sighs) because you read lots of books that tell you what to do and you follow the instructions, and
1: it's been paying off in full. So that's right. right. All so right. in that summation uh sherlock is really excellent house is fine Yep, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really hold up no it doesn't really hold up you're right and who knows if sherlock will it probably will i don't know maybe it's not a i a mean, good like bbc series do you watch luther at all no is that Where... a bbc show
0: yeah I, I heard i my dad gave me an interesting uh perspective on like what apparently people perceive about the bbc shows yesterday they're watching a show god i'm not gonna be able to think of the name of it but it's like a show that's big right now it's about a guy who i believe he's in prison or the show is either about him in prison prison or break yeah. him on no, i've seen it it's no? not that one okay no although that was on like that's really of a time too is yes it? It of was. the host time yeah I, I he's either in jail or he's like on trial but the whole premise of the show is is your protagonist guilty because you're really not sure right um anyway it's it's either a, B- a BBC show or a bbc show or it's based on a bbc show clearly i okay. don't know much about the show okay but uh he was talking about it with a friend of his actually i think it was his brother-in-law my uncle and uh my uncle said uh is it a bbc show and my dad said yes and he said that's not a good sign for the ending and right. it never i never realized that that BBC shows were perceived as having dark or sometimes unsatisfying endings.
1: Well, we were talking a little bit, too, and it's kind of about the whole, you know, American series have have the tendency to go a little bit more entourage happy ending. And yep. BBC shows tend to be a little bit grittier mm-hmm. and more realistic yeah. and have the ability to do that darker ending. Right. Without it being so jarring
0: like do you know how the bbc house of cards ends? yes yeah, yeah. I, I know how that ends too and like that checks out right but i like the the netflix house of cards is so far removed from that original source material yeah. that they could go anywhere with it yeah. and they I'd will be,
1: i'd be thrilled if they ended it the same way as the house yeah. of cards. it would just be kind of interesting to i'd me. be up for that It'd too so bold but yeah
0: and i think the book ends roughly similarly yeah. too it's based on a book right
1: well okay i think uh, i think we got enough all right well uh don't trust Will Smith. Never go outside. Don't uh, trust anyone named Chase. Don't trust anyone named Chase. They're lying. No one with an early two thousands name. No. <laughs> no. Let's go, Michael B. Jordan, and suck it, Mia. Suck it, Mia. <laughs> dude, that's your cat. Oh. No, su- I mean, men suck it in like uh That is no good way of.
0: In like like a buddy like brushing the oh, suck it dude kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> that's so. not a good
1: way. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All oh, right, oh, suck, suck it, Mia. It, dude. Suck it, Mia.